0: June 10 2021 this is the better life I'm your host Timothy Lawson living a better life means uh, a learning curve at the stadium gaming dice table uh I'm almost embarrassed to tell this story but uh, I have to because it's my job as a podcaster right I was playing some uh, some stadium dice at MGM National Harbor um they had a the the the, the the floor manager, the person helped running the game there, uh, had a microphone and was calling out the numbers, which was actually kind of a nice addition because one of the bummer things about being in that stadium gaming environment is you don't hear the calls; you have to w- wait for it to pop up on the screen. But now um, they had a microphone, so people could hear the uh, hear the numbers. I was playing the don't, as one does, and um, I was placing my bets. It was about two, if two or three. Points into the roll. So I had about I think I had at least two, maybe three numbers um up and going. And I accidentally placed a bet somewhere that I didn't want to place a bet. And it's like t- counting down, right? It's like, you know, seven, six. So I'm panicking because I don't want this bet. And I go and I accidentally hit clear bet when I should have clicked or when I should have before and uh when I should have tapped undo. As everybody knows uh you can take down your uh your your don't bets and your uh and your odds um it kept my it kept my don'ts up uh but it cleared my odds and you all can guess uh what the next roll was it was a seven uh i would have i would have uh won all three bets with full odds um i was sick <laughs> i wanted to puke um, it was uh very disappointing. Fortunately, the next roll went okay, and I was still able to leave uh, a little up. But uh, lesson learned: um, undo is the button I was looking for, not clear bet. Um, yeah. Anyhow, this week is another better viewing episode. Mark Duvall and I talk about two movies: Vegas Vacation and Honeymoon in Vegas. Enjoy. All right, it's a nice, it's a catchy tune, isn't it? I know. Catchy catchy dancing. Tune. Yeah, uh, Mark Duvall from You Can Bet on That. So, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Uh, Tim Kennedy's in the house, by the way. Tim Kennedy sent me a really nice message earlier. He was like, Hey, I love you. I just got listened to the last episode, but I made it two minutes into the soccer stuff, couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Tim is very good at showing up for these live streams. Thank he really you, really is. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, it, uh, I I have a. Uh, I'll I'll talk about this more in my monologue following this. But I am going to be. Op- I am going to be starting a very brief semi part time outlet for soccer betting specifically because I know a very. I know it's a very small part of my audience that that enjoys it, but I have noticed that there's a large appetite within that part of the audience. So. Mm-hmm. I am going to be extracting soccer stuff uh, for the most part from the Better Life and you and going into a, uh, another outlet. So that way we can uh, we can all enjoy the content without okay. having to navigate around the soccer okay, stuff. Good. 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 Oh man, um, Mark, are you are you enjoying? I mean, I'm giving a couple of minutes to give people a couple of minutes to, yeah. to hop on a stream here before we get started. Are you enjoying any new television shows?
1: Well, I might as well bring up a couple of gambling, or I should say more Vegas-related, on Netflix recently, Army of the Dead, a new zombie movie that takes place virtually entirely in Las Vegas, just came out recently, Zack Snyder. Um, you know, it's a zombie movie, very bloody, very gory. It might be worth it for people though, who maybe don't want to watch the whole thing just to watch the destruction of Las Vegas that takes place during the opening credits. Have you seen it, uh, Tim, by any chance?
0: I have not. I have not seen, uh... Army OK, died.
1: well, it's very yeah. entertaining. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of Vegas in there, uh, okay. as, well, it destructed Vegas. That's what makes it funny and fun is that, you know, everything is a disaster there. And the special effects are great, especially, you know, for a Netflix film The you see, you know, all this destruction. You see New York, New York in the background and everything. And it looks pretty good. The other show I might mention Vegas related is Hacks. It's a sitcom on HBO. I guess it's just HBO Max with Gene Smart as sort of a fading stand-up comic and uh a up-and-coming comedy writer who is helping her and it also takes place in Vegas at a fictional hotel so there's some vegasness to that too so uh, i would recommend those for people who want some
0: vegas content at least i could have sworn i saw RX Gamble talking about hack yeah. on on her in her feed somewhere so um uh, it's written hack- yeah Tim Kennedy vouches that hacks is good.
1: Yeah, we were hooked after the first episode. Yeah, it's very well written, and uh and the two leads are excellent: uh, Gene Smart and uh, Hannah Einbinder. So, um yeah, very good.
0: Um, uh, you know, I do. have Let's just. I'm going to bring this up now, so I don't have to try to find the right time. Uh, this is, this wouldn't not be a great question to end the show with. So I'll start. I'll is Nicholas Cage a good actor?
1: Very this good is, question. We're, yeah, we're going to get to this too because, okay, is he a good actor? He is in the right role. And yeah. this is a comedic role, it's a frantic role. He's good in these frantic, trying to get through a situation, talking like this kind of a role. He's excellent. And it, you know, he's had such a, a storied career. <laughs> it's been, you know, he's almost a, a punchline because he's been in yes. so many bad movies. Um, you know, I've never seen Leaving Las Vegas, which, you know, is a kind of a dramatic role for him. I'm familiar with the story, but I've never actually seen it. Okay. Uh, and apparently he's very good in that. So okay. is he a good actor? <laughs> That's a pretty broad <laughs> question. He needs the right role. And in a comedic role, I think he's still good.
0: Um. Uh, okay, well... Uh, there is there is an episode of Community which they make fun of the idea of whether or not Nicolas Cage is a good actor. Um, I think about it every time I see a Nicolas Cage role, th- and I think, is he actually a good actor? And I'm con- I confuse myself every time because I feel like I'm over I'm overthinking it. Um, but it's uh, it, it it is a question that I feel like very very few people feel like they have a confident answer. And because of the ri- wide range, uh, look, if we were just going off of Con Air and a couple other movies, I think we could say a good actor right yeah sure there you go yeah um all right so should we start there since it was since it uh came out first
1: let's start there since it came out first and i don't have as as many notes as i do for vegas vacation vegas vacation is full of stuff and honeymoon in vegas at least as far as the gambling in the vegas is not as much so yeah let's start there
0: so the disclaimer for anybody who has not watched or listened to one of these types of episodes Mark and I focus primarily on the gambling-focused stuff. We do we do pick and choose some Vegas things that are worthwhile. If you want more Vegas deep dives or more Vegas-related content, I recommend someone like Three Hundred and Sixty Vegas, who uh, looks at uh, looks at TV and movies through that lens more. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we do we focus on gambling stuff. Uh, but it was very cool, especially in honeymoon in Vegas, since it does predate. Uh, Vegas vacation about five years, the old tech was actually this really fun to watch. And it wasn't okay. just... One of the old phones, but like it, it, it just felt like every every scene had like a bit of nostalgia in it when mm-hmm. it came to old tech. Yeah, yeah, it's old enough to be uh, a part of yesteryear, but new enough that I remember it from my childhood, and that's that's part of the reason why why, uh, why I, I enjoyed. I, I, I
1: will say this too, since you brought that up. So uh, the the hotel that is prominent in Honeymoon in Vegas is Bally's, and I'll tell you, Bally's at least as far as the inside goes. Has not really changed. It's <laughs> sure some of the outside and everything, but I'm looking at these inside shots, and that's exactly what it looks like. Wait, what is that? 29 <laughs> years ago? valleys looks the same inside. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Um, okay. Uh Honeymoon in Vegas Prime uh, stars uh, Nicolas Cage and Sarah Jessica Parker. James Conn uh, also uh, plays a major role. Um, you know, it's funny that, uh, you know, James Conn is actually the lead credit in a lot of places. I know it's a Nicolas Cage movie, but a lot of places that I was like looking for information, James Conn was the first male actor. Mention, which i thought was interesting yeah, And after watching the movie it, yeah,
1: yeah yeah
0: it really is a split role even though nicholas cage I, actually i don't know you would know more than i would in 1992 who of these three actors was the get like who was who do you think the leading role or leading actor going into it was uh
1: it might have been nicholas cage because he was hot but james conn probably had more clout and uh okay. more pull I mean, you know, he's Sonny in The Godfather, right? I mean, that's his big role. And he brings some of Sonny even to this role. So, um, yeah, Nicolas Cage, I don't want to say he was up and coming because he already had kind of made a name for himself at that point. I'll stand by what I said. Yeah, I think Nicolas Cage maybe was kind of the bigger star at the time, but James Caan was more of a pull. And Sarah Jessica Parker had not really made a name for herself. She had starred in the sitcom square pegs where she first made a name for herself and she was in la story with steve martin but she you know it wasn't until sex in the city that she really became a household name
0: right uh this comes out in 1992 um the the premise of this movie um let me just say actually let me say this first my thoughts as i was watching this movie and i ended with this thought was that was strange. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the the premise of this movie, uh, like I, I tweeted out a bunch of it, uh, or I tweeted out a bunch. If you haven't watched it yet and you care to watch it before, um, uh, I, I am I won't, I won't give any spoilers, but I'm going to talk about the the premise of the movie. Uh, there's a poker game someone owes someone money and someone gives up their their fiance as collateral essentially or not going collateral to pay off the debt and anyway it it very bizarre uh I guess in 1992, they're like, oh, this will be fun. If, I can't imagine this script makes it out of the, gets bought no, by any studio. In My
1: wife said the same thing. We, we actually watched it together here for a second time. We'd both seen it before, but it had been many years. And she said the same thing. Yeah, this couldn't get made today. Yeah. What's interesting is it's sort of indecent proposal.
0: Yes, it is very indecent proposal. Yeah. Oddly enough, actually came out after this. When
1: I had, in my memory, I had thought indecent proposal had come out first, and this was sort of a comedic take on that same story. But indecent proposal came out after this. Uh, Yeah, you definitely have to suspend your (laughs) disbelief, not just for some of the gambling things, but uh, doggone it for uh, Sarah Jessica Parker going along with it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was that was the thing and how quickly how quickly she went from this is ridiculous to whatever i'm just going to do what i have to do right like she's yeah, so and wearing something
1: there. low cut that was the other thing right. too had, i know we're jumping ahead here but right. she finally you know goes on a date a supposed get-together and instead of being embarrassed everything she's wearing this low cut you know top so it's like what's what's going on here
0: hey, gotta make sure he's happy <laughs> gotta make sure the debt is paid right that's right <laughs> So I thought so. The, this was uh, so the, the the very first scene. They're in a hospital. Nicolas Cage. Uh, I'm gonna go back and forth between the actors. Yeah, names this, and the, yeah, and the, that, yeah, good, good. Yeah, but uh, I think people will be able to. Uh, Nicholas Cage, who plays Jack, is in the uh, hospital. His mother's on her deathbed and has this wild request to just never get married. And when I first like, so this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. So when I saw that, I was like, that's this is a strange way to start a movie. Like, usually y- you think mothers like want to like their last request is go be happy, be, you know, right. get and she's like, don't get married. Just no, she
1: nobody can ever love me like I did.
0: <laughs> from your <Exactly. her> mother. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Um, then it goes into an animation at the beginning which is kind of depressing. Uh the animation of this like little guy trying to get to the top of a of a wedding cake to get his bride and like the storm cr- cloud keeps on barring him from doing so. And then after like a minute, it goes on forever it feels like. It go- and then by the time on, he gets yeah. to the- <laughs> By the time he gets to the top, she's already gotten down and run away. And then he's depressed again. And I was like, this is a really, <laughs> this is a strange movie. Yeah. Uh, it's seven minutes in. We finally get our first gambling scene. Uh, Jack is playing uh, poker Uh, with his friends she plays dumb uh walking up thought this was was great writing she walks up behind him uh, Sarah Jessica Parker playing Betsy walks up behind Jack and uh is like oh are like the the pretty ones with the crowns those are those are kings right like and then she quickly (laughs) plays it off like haha aren't I funny and I I thought I thought that was a nice little uh you know um yeah I enjoyed that
1: Yeah. yeah yeah i'm thinking pepsi might have been a sponsor of the film because oh my gosh there is so much pepsi on that table
0: it was the first the thing i noticed about that scene it goes yes. like boom the scene was there i was like oh there's pepsi and they're playing poker yeah. very good yeah, yeah. <laughs> um um, a few minutes later, uh, he's walking. I really enjoyed this exchange. Uh, Jack is walking with his friend who also seems, uh, happens to be a bookie. I don't know. I'm assuming that they're friends. They seem pretty chummy. Uh, yeah, his yeah. friend says, by the way, you owe me $50 from the Notre Dame game. A guy runs up behind them and is like, uh, he's like, Hey, let me, uh, I want to get Georgetown and the bookies like, wait, we got to lay three. And the guy's like, they're, t- they're laying two and a half uptown. And he's like, good. You want Georgetown? Go uptown. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, refuses a bet. Yeah. I love yeah, that.
0: I, for, for a movie that got a handful of things kind of wrong in gambling in this, <laughs> in this movie, I thought yeah. that was actually pretty accurate to what I imagine bookmaking in New York in the early nineties would have been like, right. You yeah. can't just hop on your phone and get a better line. You, pr- you might be able to make a phone call if you're lucky. So like, yeah, if you want to bet with me, the number's three. Um, if you, if you want a better number, yeah, go uptown. <laughs> yeah great <laughs> early great. scene yep i agree yeah. yeah um by the way james Khan gets a lot of gambling in vegas roles i mean
1: sure well and he was the star of las vegas the tv show yes. right he was running yes. security and yeah yeah oh yeah and he yeah. was the star of the gambler which was remade here recently uh with Mal- mark Wahlberg in the role but yep. a 1970s uh version of the gambler sure yeah yep
0: um He walks into the hotel. He's told that his suite isn't available because the president of Brazil is in there. He's talking to someone who is acting on behalf of his usual host, and he goes and grabs the guy's crotch until he like uh, like decides. So the guy says, "Yeah, I'll I'll get the suite ready for you." (laughs) So I understand that the the writers are trying to tell us this is how powerful and influential this guy is. Does anybody really believe that the president of a foreign state can just be removed from a vacant suite because of high rollers here?
1: Yeah, you and you're thinking, okay, is James Conn character connected? Right. Is he in the mob? And there's never any indication that he really is.
0: They although really, it's sort of, yeah, yeah, they really make those implications that he could be, but never give you enough evidence to say that he is. Right, yep. right. Yeah. Um, but I thought that I was like, I, I get what they're trying to do. Like, I understand the message. There's only so much you can do in 90 minutes. Right. So you have to like it convey a lot on a character and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been in I've been in uh, foreign service before. I'm pretty sure that the, the president of Brazil is going to be like, well, you can go tell that guy to go fuck himself. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if
1: it have been a lesser dignitary.
0: Right. You know? yeah. but
1: the president of a foreign country. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um that was uh that was funny. Uh, sir, uh so Betsy and and uh Jack uh they end up at uh, they go to Vegas for the um uh for their uh, so Jack is like, has been evading getting married. Finally, Betsy kind of like, kind of pins it on him. And he's like, fuck it. Let's go to Vegas and get married. Um, and I think,
1: I think the, the term that he, at towards the beginning, he's narrating the movie. There's not so right. much of that later on, but he's narrating at the beginning. And he actually says the die was cast. That's how he phrases that they're going to Vegas. So the die was cast. There you go.
0: A weird style choice to do narration early on and then abandon it completely. Yeah yeah I know. yeah um so they they get to the airport uh sarah just uh, betsy ends up winning a slot machine at les immediately it's like the first thing you see when they when they're in vegas uh they get to they get to valleys they get the alibaba suites for nice. 120 dollars a night
1: that's right i, he I does, imagine
0: he, he does say that his,
1: his his he does say his bookie helped him up i think he actually says sally which is his bookie's name right so that's somehow true. the bookie helped him get a good uh good deal on the Alibaba Suite.
0: The Alibaba Suite, that's right. <laughs> so uh Jack ends up getting a um uh ends up getting an invitation shoved under his door uh from Tommy played by uh James Khan. An invite to a poker tournament or a poker game, I should say. Um and he just sort of assumes that it's the it's the hotel taking care of new guests. So he goes to this uh, poker game. It's a, I think it's a six headed six handed game, six-handed game um, with with James Con's character, uh, his sort of right hand man, and a handful of other uh, other people. And I get, I know it's it's difficult to say like what would I think in that situation. One because that was twenty something years ago. Two because we've already been introduced to James Con's character and we know his motivation here. But I mean it already like is that a thing that hotels ever did host a poker game in a guest suite when there's no one else from the hotel around? Like he, I was like, how, how gullible is this guy?
1: Yeah. Would, uh, would Nicholas Cage's character have been that naive? Because right. we find out earlier, isn't he like a private detective or, you know, right. he, he basically, you know, finds people that are cheating on their spouses. Right. So you, yes. you think he'd, he'd be sort of, you know, he wouldn't be this naive, but yeah, he's just oh, it's it's a game for new uh guests of the hotel. That's how he's, you know, that it was phrased in the invite.
0: Yeah. Um now because we've do this show, I can't not see this happen and not think of you um there are string bets all over this game oh, the game well, is nothing I have, a lot but to, string bets. Yeah,
1: I have a lot to say about yeah this poker game uh he he's basically he's invited they give him I think a thousand dollars to play with that's the real incentive is here's a free thousand dollars to play with and you know he doesn't know that James Con character actually has a, an ulterior motive but uh, let, let's talk about the game a little bit first of all uh the one poker player who is to James Caan's left is jerry tarkanian he was the head coach for the unlv basketball men's basketball team uh very is that really yeah very uh famous at the time amongst all college coaches he's not playing himself in this role but that's who it is and you during the scene at one point you see him actually kind of chewing on a towel Kind of biting yes. down on a towel. Okay? Yes. And that's something that Jerry Tarkanian would do during basketball games. It was from his early days in high school and what have you. And it, it became kind of a superstition that we, he would do, although it was sort of a nervous habit, too. Sometimes the towels would be moist. Sometimes they'd be dry. But you you look at it. There's even a statue of him in Las Vegas where he's got the towel in his mouth. So that was sort of a, his, his, I don't know, calling card, if you would. That was his particular oddity was he would you know bite on these towels during basketball games. So they have him do it during the poker game. Uh, you know, just to kind of make fun that, you know, again, he's not playing himself, but just as a joke. And for today's audiences, they'd look at it and think, what, what's he doing? Why has he got a towel in his mouth? But it's because uh, it's really Jerry Tarkanian there. So, yeah, that was basically just some stunt casting. But you're right. There's all sorts of string raises there. And for, for those unfamiliar, a string raises when you say, you know, I'll call your 200 and I'll raise you 300. You yeah. can't do that in two parts. You just have to say raise. You see it constantly in Hollywood, on TV and in movies. And, uh, again, if it's a home game, and this kind of is a home game, I guess, you can kind of overlook it. They certainly would not allow it in a, a casino, but definitely some string raises there. Uh, some other things, too. At one point, um, there's a bet of two hundred dollars and it gets around to Nicolas Cage's character and he says, all right, I'll call your two hundred and I'll raise a hundred well, you can't raise less than the last bet or raise yeah. unless you're all in. And he was not all in. This was kind of an easy thing to get right, and I'm surprised they got it wrong. Yeah. But um, another thing, right? A raise has to be at least as much as the as the last bet. Um, the only other thing, you know, it comes down to table stakes. We've talked about this before. Um, you can't, as a player, you know, go to chips that are off of the table yeah. or your car or anything else and make a bet and force the other player to call that bet. Now this happens here. You can, if, if both players agree, then sure. Okay. You know, we've got all our money in. Do you want to go further here? I'll put my car on the line. Okay. I'll put my house on. The line. If they agree, that's one thing, but you can't, and in, in this scene, James Conn actually asks for more chips. They bring him more chips to the table. And so it's, again, you, can't play the t- you can only play with table stakes. You can never lose more than you have on there. Now, again, was there some agreement here between the two players that, want, you know, let's go a little bit further? Uh, it didn't seem like it. So that's always a problem with uh, poker on TV and movies, too. So unfortunately, there's a lot of that in this poker game
0: yeah um and in a big hand that ends up becoming sort of the final hand that it takes a while for them to 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 settle because there is a lot of this raising uh and stuff like that um jack uh re- like puts up a big like a, one of the bigger raises at the beginning of the hand and the guy at the table says i don't think you have it And nicholas cage says that's your constitutional rights <laughs> and i was like what a bizarre response no it's not like i'm sorry like you don't have some you don't have some right protected by the constitution to just to not believe i mean you're free to there's nothing saying you can't do but you're not protected by the constitution (laughs) to be able to believe that i don't have the hand i'm representing at a poker table (laughs) that's not an amendment (laughs) um so they keep on so uh, Jack and Tommy keep on going back and forth and raising. And of course, Jack doesn't have any money. And so when he needs to raise, he's taking a line of credit from, um, uh, from, uh, Tommy. And I think if I remember right, I think he actually bought into the game originally with $500. And then when he lost that Tommy extended him a line of credit for a thousand dollars saying, it's on it's like if you lose it that's fine if you win it you'll just pay it back that was the original $1000 right. and then he baits him into taking out these lines uh, like these these uh like $10,000 at a pop credit to keep on raising the stakes on this hand because he has a straight flush Why? A we jack-
1: know that yeah we know that nicolas cage has a straight flush we can see right. it. yeah
0: yes we know that and i mean as the viewer and maybe it's cuz i've seen scenes like this before maybe in 1992 this would have been a little more suspenseful but like the second he took out a line of credit i was like james con has a higher straight flush
1: sure right well like, and, immediately. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know james con has an ulterior motive here so we expect that he's going to be cheating and and basically forcing this action so yeah
0: yep, yep um that's exactly i had a straight flush we find out that james conn beats him uh and uh he yells i had a straight flush um i wonder how many times that gets yelled in a poker room uh ironically <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well that's one of the jokes as the movie goes on is is and even when he's you know trying to explain himself the fiance right i had a straight flush right an unbeatable straight flush well it wasn't unbeatable i know that now you know it's (laughs) nicholas cage in that frantic you know angry nervous (laughs) that's where he's the best that's where he's a good actor
0: (laughs) absolutely uh carl schlegel's in the house mr schlegel good to see you i still need to come by the farm and pick up some produce i'm I'm a little light on the on the produce um uh yeah so he so he ends up owing uh tommy about 65k And then this goes into probably my favorite dialogue, or yeah, my favorite dialogue uh, from uh, James Caan talking about debts. Non payment of debts, that's extremely serious everywhere. I mean, among people, among countries, governments, they don't give a shit. Am I right? They stiff everybody. But (laughs) individuals, they are expected. To pay debts especially gambling debts that's the essence of gambling you risk something you put in the money you haven't got you can't get that's that's the lowest <sighs> especially yeah. gambling debts and it's, i was like yes and I, it it blew my mind. And, and to your point, the poker stuff was so easy for them to get right. They got the sports betting stuff really well. They got the gambling culture like here, like uh, the gambling debts different, right? Yeah. They get all these little nuances of betting down, but the poker game they couldn't get right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's kind of strange. I'm not gonna play I was thinking about pulling the clip. I'm not gonna pull the clip here. Uh YouTube is very very sensitive to the so to dodge copyright. I'm gonna figure out a way to to still try to reference or show the uh showcases in a stream, but until then people watching the stream will just have to uh believe us when we say it. Uh and I'll yeah, put that, the audio I, in the podcast. I agree with
1: you. His little monologue there while well, he's talking to Nicolas Cage's character, but yeah, that kind of yeah. is the essence of you know gambling and debt and bets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um it's very very well done. Yeah. Uh, they semble, they settle the gambling debt on an agreement that Tommy gets, uh, that Tommy gets to like have or date or I, I, the terminology was kind of weird on how they were settling it, but like he gets to like have her as her as his company for the weekend, Betsy. Right,
1: right, and, and it's because he saw her earlier, just walking through the casino, and she was a dead ringer for his dead wife. So yes. that's that was his motivation for setting up this poker game and, and beating yes. Nicholas Cage. Yeah,
0: and this is the that this is the point in which it's like, oh, this is this is an um, uh, indecent proposal. Like this yeah, is th- right. this is how I, f- even though this movie came out before that, when I seeing this movie now, I was like, oh, they're here. We're, it's one of those storylines. Yep. Um, yep. do you think, and and this is pure, like purely from a from a movie producing point of view. Would this type of storyline be at all entertaining or interesting if it was two women negotiating over a man? Like, do you think as an audience we would find that interesting? Hmm. Because I think uh... there's there's something about uh yeah I don't I don't I I think that I think the gender dynamics here really matter in this type of storyline. Sure. I don't yeah. know if you if, – if if James Caan and Nicolas Cage were two women and Sarah Jessica Parker was just this cute guy and this same sort of like indecent proposal, gambling debt settlement came on his company. I just don't think we would find it as risque in the same way or, or as indecent. Um, right.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I'm thinking – we both kind of were saying, oh, this movie couldn't be made today, but could it be made with the gender roles reversed? And Very maybe possibly. it could. Right. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's a good question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Sarah Jessica Parker is probably old enough. She could be the James Conn character. Uh, in, <laughs> yeah, she this, could. Right? Yeah, that yeah.
1: would actually be good casting. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so they sell the gambling debt. So uh jack is down by the pool he's trying to talk uh betsy into this (laughs) he says you know what a straight flush is it's almost unbeatable or he says (laughs) it is unbeatable and she's like oh yeah um it pointing she points out that clearly it's not so uh he goes uh so th- they finally get into this uh or she she finally kind of agrees to this summit. Not that he agrees, but like claims she's gonna go along with it. They're on sort of a get-to-know-you date, and Nicolas Cage runs to a roulette table while they're like having doing dinner in a show. And he goes to a roulette table and he tells the dealer, it's extremely important that I win. Such <laughs> a
1: great line. And a coming line. from Nicholas Cage, right? He's dead serious. Yeah. It's extremely important that I win. It's not ironic.
0: <laughs> I want I to say that at, at, at tables now when I'm yeah. at, at Vegas vacation. <laughs> I'm going to be going around telling dealers, look, it's extremely important that I win. Uh, um. So Sarah, Jessica Parker, so Betsy and Tommy, they go on this date, um, and Tommy is telling him, telling her about his wife and all that, and so, and really kind of buttering her up and make it like really kind of building, establishing rapport with, and then kind of throws a curveball and that, that the, the weekend together didn't stipulate where, and then he ends up taking her to Hawaii, uh. They end up running off to Hawaii. Nicholas Cage is in his room watching TV, and the the guy on the TV is going over poker hands, and he says, <laughs> "And then the unbeatable straight flush." Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it That's, is
0: such a great dig.
1: It is one of the great moments of that movie, is where you yeah. know he's so depressed, and then he's got a gambling video on. And says, and of course the unbeatable straight flush. I, I you know, uh, M- Dr. Mike, our friend, Paul, we actually saw the movie together. We always, you know, laugh about that part where he's watching the video. I do want to talk about the video just briefly. Now, if you actually okay. look at it, 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 the, the gentleman in the video, his name is John Patrick. He released some gambling videos. It must've been around that time, maybe late eighties, early nineties. And, you can tell that they've actually changed the audio. If you really look, he's not actually saying that. It, you know, they, they put it in there so that it would be a funny moment in the movie. So it's not actually dialogue from the video. But they are using one of these John Patrick videos, and he's pretty controversial amongst gamblers uh, for a lot of reasons. For example, he doesn't believe uh, in strictly following basic strategy that's been created for blackjack You know, by computers. He's got his own basic strategy that he really pushes like for example you don't split eights or aces if the dealer is showing a 10 I mean things you know like that that are just purely wrong so he made a name for himself but he's not very well respected (laughs) amongst uh real gamblers but he definitely made some money I remember when those videos came out you know they were on VHS and they were sold in stores so
0: can I be real with you here for a second sure I might edit this out depending on here is how you respond to this all right if someone is down, if someone is if they, if you're if you bought in for I don't know uh, fifty bets and you're down to your last like five bets at a blackjack table, if you get dealt two eights against a ten, I will not shake my finger at you if you just take the hit and suck, and just that that's lose fine. Hand. I have I yeah.
1: have no problem with that. No, I have no problem with that. And that might have been actually his rationale for it was money management. He was no right. more about money management than actually you know uh, playing correctly necessarily. So right. yeah, I have no problem with that. I'm just saying that at least John Patrick was not very well thought of amongst serious gamblers. So take that however you want. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I I would never, I would never tell somebody how they should or shouldn't play, especially when it comes to doubling down yeah. and splitting in blackjack, because it means risking more money. Yep. And if you've just put all your money out there, I'm not going to insist that you go back into your wallet to make the right move right
0: i am so glad to hear you say that because recently on one of my patreon shorts i made that i said that exact same thing i was like it is okay that if you have all your money out there and you get a double down situation it's okay to not go for the money in your wallet just take the hit and hope you get hope you win and have more and can continue playing
1: you know let's say you're a blackjack player and all you do is play you know red chips all day long five dollar bets literally yeah. And then for some reason, you're about to go home, and and you turn to your buddy and you say, you know what? I've got a thousand dollars in my wallet. I'm just going to put it all out, out there right now, just a thousand bucks. And you're dealt blackjack, and the dealer's showing an ace. Yeah, take even money. You know, yeah. I mean, it's right. it's a thousand dollars. You're playing way beyond your limit. So yeah. yeah, you know, sticking with you know absolutely playing the right way is not necessarily uh, the right thing to do depending on the circumstances. Um. Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> for, well, well, Good. Well, you know we should have we should have no need a, to edit uh, that out no we'll we'll have a uh we'll have a we should do an episode one time where we say all the like even though we say that these are all the ways you should be gambling all the decisions you're making here's actually how we really feel <laughs> here's here's, here's <laughs> where it's okay to go against this if you make a huge wager and you want to take even money we're not gonna, we're not gonna shake our head at you no. um, i would have said hey you
1: shouldn't have made that big wager right i'll go right. ahead and say that but if you've already done it yeah
0: <laughs> um but so there's only just a couple more uh scenes here. Um yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot happens in Hawaii not gambling related. My question right. to you, have you've have you been to Hawaii?
1: Yeah, a couple times, yeah.
0: Have you been to Kauai, the island yes. that they're on? Uh-huh. Yes. Absolutely yes. beautiful. This it's is fantastic. my endorsement yeah. for the island of Kauai. Beautiful. Yeah, I
1: would I would recommend Kauai. Uh, I've been to three of the islands uh, uh well, I guess four. No, I'm sorry. Kauai, Maui, uh the Big Island and Oahu. And yeah, Kauai, the garden island, it's very nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, if if you want the hustle and bustle of a big city, Honolulu on Oahu, that's good. But right. yeah, Kauai is just beautiful. I agree.
0: Yep. Um, there's an incident. Um, (laughs) so there's an incident in airports, not gambling related, but I thought this was really a fun, not fun, but uh interesting dated thing. He Nick Nicholas Cage is trying to get a ticket to get to Hawaii so he can chase down Sarah Jessica Parker. He is upset because the line is taking so long because Ben Stein, of all people, is at the front of the line uh trying to get a ticket for another day and nicholas cage loses his mind the the um the lady at the, at the counter says sir you need to go back your line and he says or what you'll put me in airport jail and Hi. i was like yeah <laughs> that's what happens,' <laughs> or real jail. <laughs> yeah you won't yep. be flying for a while if you don't calm down there nicholas
1: <laughs> yeah but dates the movie for sure yep <laughs> uh
0: james con uh so this is, this is interesting. This is a, um, and I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this as an audience member. So as James Conn is trying to woo Sarah Jessica Parker, he keeps on claiming that the game was legitimate. Um, And up to this point, there's no real evidence that it wasn't right. There's you, you have this feeling that the whole thing was set up like to do this, but the hand itself there was real no clear like evidence that the hand was um was set up. What are your thoughts on that that hand that he lost? Was that was did the was the dealer a mechanic who dealt that hand or was James Kahn's character just waiting for that type of scenario to pounce?
1: So you're right. There's no the movie doesn't provide any evidence that there was cheating or it was a setup. But sure, I, I'm convinced that it was yeah that yeah. he set it up that's uh, okay you know, either yeah you had a mechanic dealing but yeah he deliberately set it up so that you know nicholas cage would have a lower straight flush yeah he wasn't just waiting for that opportunity he set it up
0: okay yeah um because the whole time i'm like i'm waiting for like him or his buddy to say something that like gives us the the hard yes of like yes it was set up and the only real the only evidence that we get that that there that he's not being completely transparent about what happened at hand is he does start lying to certain exactly about how much he lost stuff like that. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, The last thing that uh, the last thing I have to say on this on (laughs) at, so, uh, Nicholas Cage is in San Jose. He's been flying all over the place trying to chase down Sarah Jessica Parker to find her. Again, this is 1992, right? Like, there's no cell phones. Like, he literally has to chase her down (laughs) or hope that he calls a phone directly next to her. Right. And so he's chasing her down. And this was one of the funniest visuals in the whole movie. He's out. He's on a tarmac holding up a cardboard sign that says Las Vegas. Like yes. he's hitchhiking.
1: It's fantastic. <laughs> it yep. such
0: a great visual. Yep. And he ends up getting on the plane. And this might be my favorite bit of the whole, uh, the whole movie. He ends up getting on the, pl- on the plane with the Flying Elvises, a skydiving group, who were a real skydiving group if I remember right, right? Like well, I think
1: I was kind of looking into it and I think maybe the real skydiving group came out of this movie. In other okay. words, I don't think they existed beforehand. I think this is what actually, you know, they th- there was obviously some real skydiving going there and you could it looked like they were really doing it in Vegas, you know, special effects weren't good enough then to kind of fool you. And it seemed like there was a lot of real you right. know Elvis impersonators jumping out of airplanes. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong, but I think it was actually the, this was such a, a funny part of the movie, and people remembered it. Oh, the flying Elvises! That I think it became a ra- a real thing after the fact. Yeah, um, uh,
0: yeah that that bit was very uh, very entertaining. Um, have you ever been skydiving? No, you know I I
1: said that maybe I would. Do, I, a friend of mine and I applied for the Amazing Race years ago. And I thought, well, you know, if 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 they have a skydive, then sure, you know, I'll do it. Uh, I don't think I do it now. Just, you know, I, I don't know. I think I, I, I miss my opportunity, but I like being attached to things. You know, when you and I did the the zip line. Yeah. up at uh, gamble palooza if i'm attached to something <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much okay but uh, in free fall i don't know if i'd be able to handle it
0: <laughs> it's one of those it was that that zip lining at foxwoods was one of those moments where i was like i'm really glad that these things work the way they're supposed to yeah. like in my yes. head i'm like i'm, I'm really glad that people uh, working this are confident this is going to happen the way it's supposed yeah.
1: to yeah uh, i was been... me and uh, bogan who's all, bogan also Painter. Line, yeah. Yeah, so, bogan yeah bogan yeah, painters exactly. in
0: the uh <laughs> in there uh well yeah skydiving worth it if you want to go <laughs> uh, I know I have a friend who actually has it as a hobby. I don't know if I'd be able to go that far. Uh, that's yeah. a lot. That's a commitment to it. Um, uh, but I've been one time my wife surprised me on one of my birthdays. Like, hey, we're going to go uh, skydiving with my friend who has, who does it as a hobby. And uh, it was just as thrilling as you would expect it to be. Yeah, and I when you're that high, your fears go away because every like nothing's real. You're so high up in the here. And nothing. Yeah, down right. Right, real, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was uh, skydiving is fun. Um, I don't think I would recommend this movie.
1: Okay, uh, that's fine, and I, I would suggest that had you seen it when it came out, that maybe you would have, that it just doesn't hold up very well. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, I, and you know, again, I actually saw it with Mike and Paul and you know we probably went to the casino right afterwards so you know we're coming at it from a different angle too sure uh, but i accept that yeah i i, yeah. I accept that I, I don't think it holds up uh, all that well but uh, i'm glad i got to see it again
0: yes it was um uh it, it was uh, one so the writing i actually thought i i, I didn't write down the the, the one-liners in here they wrote really well for Nicolas Cage's character. His yeah, his I'm little a... one-liners and his zips like really kind of fly under the radar because they take a backseat to the drama that he's in. But they're really, like, they're clever. And that's something... Yeah that I don't actually really associate with Nicholas cage is clever writing behind his acting. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. And I thought like there was some, like he had responses and sort of kickbacks to other characters. I was like, was, I would chuck like that was, that was really clever and they would just, it would, they would move on from it. So uh, I really, I enjoyed some of the writing. I just don't know who I'd recommend it to. I think that's the part, like, I don't know uh, if I'd yeah, recommend right. it to gamblers and I don't know if I'd recommend it to non gamblers either. Like it really rides this line between which, which audience is this really for. Um, I would recommend it to someone who's interested in Nicolas Cage. That's for sure. Like if <laughs> sure, like his history
1: yeah. of of films. Yeah, and it's like yeah. we said, you know, this movie probably couldn't get made today, uh, it, because it's like, wait, Sarah Jessica Parker's character is going along with this. What what's happening here? What is? Her motive. Is- I don't think she would be she'd be with either of these guys. What's going on? Why
0: we, she's we've smarter seen taken. Than that. We know what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're telling me that Liam Neeson's daughter, who is who is super smart and should know better and a in a much different time, ends up getting kidnapped by Sarah Jessica Parker 20 years ago, who doesn't know this guy's like whatever. I'll get on a plane and go to an isolated <laughs> the most isolated <laughs> island in the world. That's where I'll go with this guy. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I I do want to mention one more line. We find out a little bit later that his uh, bookie, Sally, is a dentist. Which oh is yes. uh, very appropriate
0: we all know and, a good dentist
1: yeah he's taking uh he's taking uh, there are a couple scenes where he's actually working in his office and you see you know right next to his dental chair he's got like three monitors with sports going on and he's obviously answering the phone as a bookie and he takes Nicholas Cage's call at one point but right before he does he turns to his patient and he says it's eight to five you're gonna need a root canal. <laughs> so even you know that right there it's like okay we're getting some more gambling in here eight to five
0: again a, a really great nuance of gambling uh-huh yeah that they get yeah. rights and um yeah Yep. okay um probably the movie more people are interested in hearing us talk about uh, the movie that uh, I feel like gets uh, quoted at least once on every gambling trip that I'm ever on, whether it's fr- by myself or by someone else, uh, by someone else who's there. Uh, I think Tony Snyder has at least three or four lines that I hear him say every trip that I'm on with him. Uh, "Vegas Vacation," starring Chevy Chase, cut, uh, came out in 1997, a part of the National uh, National Lampoon series, uh, their, their vacation series. Um. A couple things before we get into this. Um, I'm not going to remember the um, um, uh, Beverly D'Angelo uh, plays Ellen. Right. Uh, Randy, is it Quaid? Randy Quaid, Quaid right. Mm-hmm. Quaid yeah. plays uh cousin, Eddie, which might be the best performance in the whole movie, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, you have to be a special kind of actor to pull that off. And not only does uh, it pull, pull it off. It's like believable almost. Like, uh, it's like, it's... I feel like that character, that person exists in the world somewhere. Uh, <laughs> And then Ethan Embry plays uh, Russ, and uh, Marisol Nich- uh, Nichols plays um, uh, plays Audrey, the daughter. Um, I remember my dad watching National Lampoon vacation movies, but this one I didn't watch until I was older. I remember the original vacation. I remember Christmas vacation. And I don't know, in 90, so in 97, I might have been just too young for him to want to expose me to maybe a, a gambling Vegas themed or <laughs> I might have been just too old for my dad and I to sit down and watch a movie I can't quite yeah, remember sure. mm-hmm. where like where that where that sits but I actually didn't end up watching Vegas till much later in life when I was an adult and I appreciated Vegas I knew who Chevy Chase was obviously from this and other things that he did opening, I feel like this is something we can all resonate with. Clark Griswold is reading a Vegas pamphlet in the car and yelling Vegas, 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 Vegas. Yeah. And I was like, I don't read pamphlets anymore, but I can definitely uh, appreciate being excited for a Vegas trip and can't get the word Vegas out of my head. <laughs>
1: yep. And he's driving like crazy and almost causing accidents, not really realizing that he's about to run people over. And I love it because one of the
0: skateboarders,
1: instead of getting upset, hi, Mr. Griswold, <laughs> he knows he's going over curbs and stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh he announces the Vegas trip to his family. Uh it's disregarded as uh you know a place to as a place that you can even bring a family and Audrey even says there's nothing to do there. Um 92 I wasn't going to Vegas yet. Uh you tell me about what Vegas's reputation was at the time. Well, oh, Okay, I'm sorry, 90, 97. This is 97, 97 right? Yeah. So
1: it was starting to be that's when they started you know, making it family friendly, right? Excalibur had opened, MGM Grand had opened with a an amusement park on there. So when Clark at the beginning is showing the brochure and says, look, you know, there, it's a family vacation spot. That's what Vegas was trying to do at that time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Bogan gave us the rankings of the vacation movie. He says Vegas European, the original Christmas, uh, and then Ed Helms, the Ed Helms POS. Uh, I thought Ed Helms was actually a really good casting for that role. I just don't, I think they did a poor job making the movie.
1: Yeah. I, okay. If I was going to list them, I wouldn't include that one. I, I realize it's, you know, part of the technically, you know, part of the universe, but uh, yeah, I'd probably put the original on top. Uh, then Christmas. No, I'd put Vegas next, then Christmas, and I'd put European at the bottom. Okay, um, that's, my, that's my list.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Carl Schlegel says the uh, Christmas one is the there's the one scene he will die on that hill. Very good. <laughs> All right, uh, and yeah.
1: you know, but yeah, then B- then Bogan says I'm not a Christmas fan. I can understand not liking Christmas vacation. Uh, yeah. You know, hey. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, and I know this is controversial for me to say, but I don't think any of the vacation movies are all that good. <laughs> all <right? laughs> so, you know, I'll just I'll just lay that on the line. And there you go. If you enjoy watching and more power to you. And I certainly enjoyed watching Vegas vacation again. So, yeah. you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> so they get to Vegas. Clark Griswold looks at Vegas the way we all look at Vegas the first time we visit. <laughs> I mean, he is just bright-eyed, mouth agape, just cannot believe that he's in Las Vegas. Um, I, I felt very seen <laughs> in, in that uh, in that display um they stay at the mirage which i meant to look to see how long when the mirage has been open by this by this point
1: uh, you know i'm gonna just think uh, mirage was 89 or was it in the 90s i'm actually gonna look it up but it would have been you know almost uh you know what eight years old at that point something okay like so that. it would have
0: been around for for okay yeah um who's gonna you know i bet bogan paint 89 oh, okay actually, so i was right on 89 yeah, okay Kennedy so Custer's yeah so 89. about eight years yep mm-hmm. Yeah. um uh uh, Some of it I can't. I didn't see who I have the quote here. Blinded by glitter and the almighty dollar, and I think it's Audrey who says that. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, it's a very I, I, what I what I loved about that line is that that encompasses the view that any non gambler has about Vegas, mm-hmm. really. Right, yeah. like that's just how they perceive Vegas to be, yeah. um, especially the people who go there. um <laughs> um there's there's some of these lines that as i read all i'm hearing is the 360 vegas uh podcast intro (laughs) that's Um, right yeah (laughs) yeah um they put the machines that pay the most right in the front yep (laughs) Uh, he puts in five dollars and he wins yep (laughs) he wasn't wrong (laughs) he wasn't wrong um uh russ ends up getting carded uh which i thought was you know there is a there's a moment in, I don't know what age it is, but there's a point in be, in becoming an adult or while you're an adult that you go, that you transition from being upset that you're getting carded to flattered <laughs> that you're being carded. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in that transition right now.
1: Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah I, I, I always kind of looked older than I was. So I didn't have to get carded when I was too young. And then, you know, once I was old enough, I never, I, I was, I wasn't carded very often.
0: <laughs> I went. I went through most of my twenties with a military, like, uh, short hair everywhere, and yeah, yeah, I looked, I looked, I just looked young, Uh, and I (laughs) look I definitely looked like someone who'd be trying to be somewhere he's not supposed to be too. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Clark buys in at the infamous blackjack table, uh, up against the dealer uh, played by Wallace Shawn. this this little back and forth, this uh, this dynamic that they have between them uh, is is a pleasant sort of runner that they have going through. It's so pleasing, I think, even as the gambler to see a vindictive, um dealer played this way right yes, we've all yes. dealt with asshole dealers we've all dealt with like annoying dealers rude dealers but there's something about this guy isn't any of those he's just vindictive like he just wants to take <laughs> clark's money mm-hmm. and it's it's just I, I, I every time i watch the movie i enjoy watching a dealer get portrayed that way mm-hmm. um he claims it yeah, Okay.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, Wallace Shawn, everybody kind of knows Wallace Shawn, even if they can't think of his name off the top of their head. And he's probably best known for Princess Bride. But this might be his best role just because everybody remembers it. Because, you know, his voice, you know, changing 500, you know, and and just he just really wants Clark to lose. Right. It's like a battle. Yeah. (laughs) A great role for him. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, 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 Clark claims that that blackjack is the only game that smart people can get a mathematical, uh, advantage over. Um, and then, uh, it's clear that he doesn't know, uh, how, (laughs) how to apply that. Um, then the family goes to a Siegfried and Roy show. Have you ever been to that show? Mark? No,
1: I never went to that show. Uh, you know, I didn't go to a lot of Vegas shows my friends and I were going there to gamble and if I would go to a show it'd be if I was with my family so I've been to very few Vegas shows uh it is nice to kind of see it captured though uh yeah. on film you know kind of a throwback although it is a little eerie to see Roy kind of interacting with the the tigers uh but yeah I'm yeah. glad that we kind of get a a, a a glimpse into that show what it was you like know?
0: this scene did not age well yeah right uh, <laughs> um Have you ever been invited on stage? I know you don't go to a lot of shows, but have you ever been one of these people, one of these poor saps that get invited on stage? Yeah. No. no. I am a very adventurous person. I like being involved in things. I like participating. But there is something when I'm at a show, don't interact with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Give me the show. Yeah. And I actually feel the same. I feel this I feel this most strongly when I'm at a comedy show. (laughs) <laughs> tell, me, tell me your jokes don't get yeah, don't get right. to know the guy three people down from me looking for a reason to make fun of him now if they quickly like if 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 they quickly get onto it on like getting it a part of the joke that's a part of the routine that's fine but if I, there's sometimes i'm with there's comedians that are clearly looking for the joke in their interaction with the person i'm like yeah. i didn't I didn't pay for you to discover a joke, man. Or I didn't pay to come here so you could discover a joke with the poor guy from Chicago, right? Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: There are a lot of us who don't like audience interaction shows. Yeah. So, for example, I haven't been to Absinthe, but you know, if you ever go, sit towards the back because yeah, I guess that's a big part of their show as well. Yeah.
0: That is exactly what uh, that is exactly what me and my uh, friend did when we saw Absinthe. We knew that it had that reputation, and we went to the back row uh, and loved it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um. I felt so seen in this writing. How'd you do with the tables? I'm about even <laughs> up.
1: Yep. I wrote that down too. How many of us have said that I'm about oh even. And does it's, it ever mean you're about even never.
0: Ah. here's why here's, here's why no gambler who's up. Even only $10 will not tell you that they're up. Or the, exactly. the, the, like like the, if you're up, you tell people I'm up a little, even if that little is only ten dollars, right? Yep. So about even only ever means that you maybe really are literally at even, or or you've lost. Right. Uh, yep. But man, it was <laughs> the delivery was perfect. Like the yep. yeah, the, the whole exchange was uh, was so perfect. Yep. Um. Russ, uh, this I hear this in my head every once in a while. Uh, I want to gamble um and it is probably it's probably the line from uh from Vegas vacation that I recite the most because no one hears me when I say it because I'll just be by myself and just be like <laughs> I want to gamble.
1: <laughs> gamble that's right and the line and of course Russ is underage in this movie and Chevy Chase uh, Clark he says Russell I never want to hear those words out of your mouth again gambling is very serious business is that clear excuse me a minute and then it's a single shot where he gets up from the table goes makes a bet on the roulette table loses and then goes back to the table <laughs>
0: yeah really good shot. single Even shot in the too.
1: actual mirage yeah
0: <laughs> yeah nice uh nice one shot i think he i think he put his money on black and it comes up red <laughs> uh, if i remember right yeah um i love it. If, if you had to sprint into the casino to quickly get a wager down to just scratch an itch what table would you run to
1: you know what? I'd probably go to the craps table and put money on the field just because it would be so okay. fast. It'd be faster than a roulette, it'd be faster than waiting for a hand dealt in blackjack. I just put money on the field and go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um uh Randy Randy Quaid, brilliantly written, makes me chuckle every time. Um I, I don't know what what I mean, cooking the chicken on the hot rocks. Um, I'll take a little bit of the yellow. <laughs> don't don't get cheap <laughs> on me now. <laughs> Like, uh, there's a line oh goodness i'll have to find it uh t- t- what are some of your favorite randy quaid uh moments in here well i i need i need to find this uh uh this this quote here While I, um while yeah I well can. it's
1: you know that same scene before he asked for give me a little bit of the yellow he's you know he's paying for clark's uh, buffet they're all going to the buffet and i'm not sure exactly where they are is it the mirage i don't know but he says best buck 49 buffet in town like, yeah. Oh, there are multiple Buck <laughs> 49 buffets. Yeah. This
0: is the best one. He's done it due diligence. He knows which <laughs> one's the best. That's right. Um, all right. <laughs> this this is possibly the best line that uh, Cousin Eddie has in the entire movie. I hear Tony Snyder recited every time I'm on a trip with him.
1: Well, crap. So Eddie, has anybody ever told you before Those were my mother's dying words, but you know, when you got your body covered in third degree burns and your foot's caught in a bear trap,
0: you're gonna start talking crazy. I really wish I could. I want to know who wrote that, and like I want to know how long it took them to get to that joke. Yeah. It makes me, it makes me belly laugh almost every time that I hear it. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to hear people. Uh, write. and what's funny is Tony will do it just out of nowhere. Like we'll just be playing craps, and all of a sudden, like in my right ear, I just hear Tony saying, uh, um, uh, reciting that line. Um, yeah. but yeah, Randy Quaid is as Cousin Eddie is my vote for best performance in, uh, in Vegas Vacation. All right, sir um they go to the desert they go to the dam um they're at pools uh while they're in the hotel room uh the news announces a flood at the hoover dam which uh is a call back to one of the scenes they're in earlier and after the news is delivered the newscast ends with and now back to gambling <laughs> back to
1: gambling <laughs> yeah. and then on the tv it's just showing all the games that they offer yeah that's great
0: yeah um yeah that's uh i want to hear i'm gonna that's the kind of newscast i need <laughs> to hear um clark tries tipping the doorman at the wayne newton show and coins uh yeah. i thought that was uh that was the, i mean that's i mean there's there's just a whole generation that's gone right like coins sure. in any sort of scenario in vegas or in, in, in any, anywhere right um mm. if i have coins in my pocket i have to think how did i get these right sure. like like i literally yeah, go it's... through I jog my memory of like how did i end up with with 37 cents in my pocket Um, it's so bizarre. Um, uh, another great, another great gambling line. I'm just trying to get even Eddie, like Uh the the gambler trying to get even, uh, Russ gets a fake ID. Did you ever get, did you ever fake ID? I think statute of limitations says you can admit to this. Did you ever, no, no,
1: No? I just didn't kind of, you know, it, it just wasn't my thing. I remember once I did go to a bar with some friends, I didn't realize they were checking ID and I gave them my ID. And I was only 20 at the time, and he let me in. I don't know if his math was wrong or he just thought, well, a guy who's giving me an ID ID must be 21. But no, I never had a fake ID.
0: I never had a fake ID. I never really needed one. Um, When I was underage, we just did house parties. We didn't bother going Mm -hmm. to bars or anything. The bad dealer is back at the uh, the black dot table and uh, just kind of epically, epically destroys him. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it, it. He first it looks like he's doing well with the female dealer, and then um, <laughs> uh, Walshon comes back and um, just just absolutely destroys him. And just the mannerisms, the the. Like him, like leaning across the table, laughing at, uh, at, at Clark Griswold, uh, all of it, just brilliant performances. Um, by and, uh, you know
1: Clark could walk away, right? But Clark right. wants to beat this guy, right? It's become no, it's personal his mission.
0: now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Russ buys in at a crap table for five dollars. Goes on an absolute heater. Um, this remind this this scene reminded me of how the it reminded me again how the all tall small has absolutely ruined a come out roll, because th- in this, uh-huh. the, the, the first part of this scene, he gets like four or five, like sevens in a row in a come out roll, And it's exciting for everybody because it's a yeah. frontline winner. Right. But now no one's excited about the frontline winner because it means <laughs> they have to re up their, their bet in the middle. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't think uh, I, I think that I think my biggest gripe about, about the all tall, small is that I feel like it's ruined come out roles.
1: Well, and that's one of the reasons Mike will, I think he prefers, All small, tall, but he'll make a case for the fire bet because you know the sevens on the come out don't ruin the fire bet. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Um. Uh. Clark is. uh, Clark is. Clark is learning about baccarat from uh, the TV in the hotel room, and then his wife tries to seduce him, and he's not. He originally not interested. Um. Look, I love gambling. Um, but if my wife was wearing that and was trying, like I would be, I could quickly go from learning Baccarat to, uh, whatever attention she's looking for pretty quickly. Yeah. I think yeah.
1: you and I are the same. I think you and I are different from Clark Griswold in that respect. <laughs> uh, Tim.
0: I really hope that's I hope there's more recent, <laughs> more ways for different from Clark Griswold. <laughs> but yes, that's at least one of them. Yeah. Um, but one thing I did appreciate is when the lights go out, as they're transitioning scenes, you hear Clark Griswold go, Hard Six coming out. There you go. The yeah. hard way bet. The hard way wiener bet. <laughs> <laughs> is is there a game that has more sexual innuendo than the crap table? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Oh my god. You
1: gonna bet on the cum? Uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: um russ Russ ends up being linked up uh, with some high rollers uh offer a suite and um uh when he run when he gets up to his comp suite immediately starts jumping on the bed uh look i'm i'm about to be 36 years old mark if i get comp to suite there's a good chance i'm jumping on the bed too when i get in there yeah i I agree i'm
1: about 20 years older but i'd probably do the same
0: uh, Clark is reading a book on, uh, on counting cards and, uh, he suggests a loan day uh, and a lone day for everybody to it. do their own thing. Look, I'm telling you right now, I do not have a family, but I can, I guarantee you that if I was in Las Vegas, where I probably had to do some heavy convincing to my wife to let me go there <laughs> with Mar- there i like i i don't know if i'd leave vegas a lot i would be in the desert if i suggested uh, okay yeah, now that we're uh, here I'm with the family it, yeah. you guys do your own thing i'm gonna do my own thing she'd be like yeah. okay you're not leaving here alive this is the last yeah. time uh you're doing this yeah, yeah.
1: the book that he's reading it's i i looked it up just to make sure it's called counting cards made easy i just want to make sure it wasn't a real book and it, I, I couldn't find it anywhere the only reference i okay. found to it was the movie so it looks okay. like it's just a made-up book
0: yep yeah uh, uh, how about you give me half the money you were going to bet? We'll go in the back. I'll kick you in the nuts and we'll call it a day. Just, uh, fantastic. That, yeah. just a fantastic line from, uh, from Wallace Shawn, uh yeah. to get making fun of, uh, of Clark um, uh, the table. Uh, then t- uh, I think that that sequence ends with, uh, with the entire table getting blackjacks, except for Clark who ends up just getting a six. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah and it was funny because i was like it was so it's like it's one of those like oh, of course it's like it's almost a predictable scene as they're going through dealing out blackjacks so you know what's coming but yeah. it, it still pays pays off every time yep, uh, delta
1: three. six and wallace sean kind of shrugs like <laughs>
0: what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> um russ wins a new viper which is uh two the second car we've seen him win uh off of, uh, of a slot machine so far uh we learned that clark has gambled away twenty six thousand dollars
1: Twenty-two thousand six hundred
0: dollars. Oh, or sorry, twenty. Sorry, yeah, twenty-two thousand six hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I have to check my dyslexia up there for. uh yeah, twenty-two thousand six hundred dollars. <laughs> um, that's some negative variance. Uh,
1: yeah, I assume it's virtually all at the blackjack table. And yeah. at one point, didn't he, he was spreading some big amounts? He was playing like three hands. He, he and were there handed. some black chips out there? There was something. So. so yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he was constantly pulling out uh, stacks of hundreds, right? right so, going to the
1: ATM and getting more. Right.
0: Yep. Um, Eddie spots Clark some money from his backyard uh, or not backyard (laughs) from the yard, the area that is around his trailer. Uh, Clark goes to a locals joint, which I think is probably one of the more unique parts of this, uh, this movie. And one of the things that I think so many of us appreciate.
1: Sure. For Um, gamblers. Yeah. This is kind of the scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They go to a locals joint uh, with different games. Uh, These are the games that we we see. Uh, Pick a number. Coin Toss, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Guess Which Hand, and, and this is the funniest part, Casino War.
1: Fantastic. It was a joke in this movie that they were dealing the game war in a casino. In 97, that was a big joke. (laughs) And since then, somebody saw this movie and thought, hey, what a great idea for a real casino game. And that's why we have Casino War for real. <laughs> in so, 2021
0: so national harbor is considered a pretty classy joint right? uh-huh. so it, it's yeah. a nice it's a nice sure. spot yeah they now have stadium gaming which if you ask me is them kind of stepping down from the tier that they're trying to like try to be on into a sort of like normal like they're taking that step towards locals joint okay in local fair enough sure. mm-hmm. yeah but one of the stadium gamings offers casino war and i'm like you're just stop it just <laughs> I mean, you can offer baccarat here, like like that at that particular station. It's roulette, craps, and casino war. And I'm like, wow. really, casino war was the table? that the game you had to offer here? <laughs> wow. I yeah. wonder
1: how many people play it. I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those games where you know it's sort of boring enough at a real table, but at least at a real table there are cards and there's interaction. I just can't imagine playing casino war at Stadium Gaming. I'm sure some people do, but wow.
0: I've seen people so when so in casino war, on a stadium gaming, there's multiple hands, right? Like they sure. like there's multiple it's not just the one hand. You can like it's it's like blackjack where there's multiple hands that just deal right, all the right, hands. Right. I mean, I see people open up the casino war and just play like six hands and then like they'll lose all of them and they'll just
1: yeah. sh- okay. play
0: them. Again. All right. <laughs> as I'm sitting there patiently waiting 30 seconds in between each roll for the dice to go out, I guess I can't complain to, or I can't be too uh, judgmental. Like, I, I don't know if I'm, if my life over here is any more exciting, yeah. but um, yeah, I can't, I, I'm with you. Uh, casino war already does not, is not a fun game. I played it one time. I've played it one time. I think I my have too. First yeah. time in Vegas, I was like, Oh, casino war. And I played it and I was like, that's dumb. Why would yeah. I do this? And I think it's yeah. the last time I played. Yeah. yeah. Um, Casino war. Um, by the way, can we can we talk about how Wayne Newton walks into a scene um, with um, oh, I can never remember the wife's name? Um, with, uh, with Ellen. Ellen with the, yeah,
1: Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah,
0: he walks into a scene with Ellen at his house and he has a full wedge of cheese and a cheese grater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole business with Ellen and Wayne Newton is strange because there's she goes over to his house and when he gives her a lock of his hair as a <laughs> gift, she seems kind of put off, yeah. right? And she quickly comes up with a reason to leave. But then, like, in the next scene, she's wearing all this Wayne Newton swag. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. you know, and then and then she goes back there, yeah, and they're eating pasta. And, yeah, she, he's ready to grate the ch- I'm wondering if maybe they cut some scenes out to kind of
0: explain Yeah.
1: What's going on? I mean, it's a comedy. You don't have to explain everything, but uh, yeah, that whole Wayne Newton Ellen thing was weird.
0: I just love that he has this entire estate. Someone else clearly made the pasta, but Wayne's <laughs> bringing the cheese. He's the yeah. one walking in full cheese wedge, not even like a little block. Yeah, it's right. It's a ridiculous. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, props to Wayne for doing that. I think I thought he, I thought he did it for for someone who is a performer, not necessarily a movie actor. I thought he did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, it's fine. He's kind of self-deprecating in a way. Well, I, I guess he makes himself look kind of silly in some point. Right. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. If <laughs> uh the family kind of comes back together uh, after they've all sort of had their own little wild days or nights or whatever, and <laughs> and Clark is clearly like like flabbergasted at like what his family has been doing, particularly. Uh, his son who is wearing a nice suit and has been like high rolling and his daughter who looks like a go-go dancer that they have to like go like, or they have to go like extract her from this go-go cage. Look, if I, if I made the mistake of telling my um, not quite old enough children to run around Vegas, if I found out that one of them became a high roller and the other one was a go-go dancer, I think I'd actually be kind of okay with that. I'd be like, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like right. you, you guys came to Vegas and you did Vegas as you could. Like, what would you expect to two young kids to do on their own in Vegas?
1: Okay. All right. I don't. As a parent, I don't know that I can share that view, but uh, it certainly <laughs> makes for good cinema.
0: So here. So here's my question, though. I. I. So I, I make. I. I say that jokingly for to line up the. The. What would you go looking back at the late '90s? What could a parent of a teenager reasonably expect their kids to do in Las Vegas left alone?
1: Uh, I would say the amusement parks. That's productive. Parks at, oh, at, okay. Well, I'd say the amusement parks at the time. MGM had an amusement okay. park. Circus Circus still has one. Um, you know, uh, maybe go to a water park. Yeah, it was... It, there, there was more for families to do, but yeah, it would, it, it would be hey, go to MGM uh, amusement park. Here's the, you know, your all day ticket. Go for it. Sure. Yeah. In the late '90s, yeah.
0: Okay. Um. Uh. So, uh, Clark comes clean. Uh. About the loss amount. Uh. The wife, <laughs> She gives Clark two dollars to get their money back. And What do they choose? Kino Excellent. Uh, their numbers—the uh, numbers they at least announced—are sixteen, 7, and forty-four. But I think the, I think they're doing a ten spot. Uh, they right, yeah. they don't win, but the guy next to them does, and the guy <laughs> croaks out of enthusiasm, excitement. Uh, drops the ticket, and what what I thought was funny is. Uh, I guess it was for like, just I get for the humor. Obviously it's a comedy, but like, there's this, they try to build suspense of this vacuum coming across and like <laughs> Clark having to like discreetly try to like step on the, and dry, just pick down it. Like still bend over and pick it up. No, if, if they don't notice the tickets there, they're not going to notice you picking it up. Just. You know. Okay.
1: Yeah, I agree. Although I think it's not that they can't just pick it up. I think they've got a moral dilemma. Uh, is this our ticket can we pick it up i, I think see. that's that's where the suspense is is are they going to take this dead man's ticket and cash it out even though it kind of did seem like the man was you know giving his blessing
0: right okay yeah that's that's fair. that's the
1: dilemma it's not that oh my gosh the vacuum it's more like do we have a right to this ticket should we pick it up before the vacuum gets it yeah yeah
0: <laughs> I'm t- at the very least. I'm picking it up so that way someone gets it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's determined I shouldn't have it, let's make sure someone does. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. it goes into the vacuum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when they're walking away from this win, uh, and before they, uh, before they, we, we learned about the cars and stuff. Uh, <laughs> Clark has this really great monologue. Gambling is what made America great. You see, kids, when Columbus set sail on a little rickety boat and let it ride all the way to the New World, it was a gamble. Ben Franklin, Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, all gamblers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's that it's that Chevy Chase, you know, kind of kids. We've learned something, you know. It's that yeah. Chevy Chase character. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, and then we won, we learned that Russ won, uh, four cars, by the way, Audrey really got shafted with that, that really bland looking white car. I was
1: thinking the same thing. Yeah.
0: This is not a movie that I would recommend to, uh, the average person. I would recommend it to people who are excited to go to vegas and want to watch vegas related movies i would tell them watch this simply because it's funny um and it's a nice little glimpse into older vegas and it's a nice little like it makes fun of gambling in a lot of good ways yeah yeah um i would definitely recommend it to any gambler who's never seen it because of a lot of the lines that we've brought up and you know i'm about even i want to gamble i'm just trying to get back to even eddie stuff like that That's Vegas vacation.
1: All right. Let me go through a couple of my notes here and I'll kind of go through um, uh, chronologically towards the beginning of the movie when they haven't gone yet. And Clark is trying to convince them to go. uh, One of the things he says to them is you guys are growing up so fast. I hardly recognize you anymore. And that's sort of a meta joke because the first vacation movie came out in 1983 and this one was 1997 and, you know, these characters are still kids and they're being played right. by, you know, different actors. So kind of just a fun meta joke uh, at, towards the beginning. When they are first at, at the Mirage, there's a scene before he starts playing at uh, Wallace Shawn's table where they're just showing different games throughout the casino and they stop on a craps table. And I paused it. Cause I always want to see, you know, Hey, does this look right? You know, does everything look right in the craps table? And it, it did look right. There were a maybe too many bets. That's kind of happens, but they were all kind of in the right spot and everything looked good. And I was just about to hit play when I noticed the logo, the casino logo in the bottom left hand of the shot. And I looked and I thought, well, that's not the Mirage. And I looked and looked. It was actually a, a, a craps table from the Aladdin. So I don't know if this was stock footage or you know where they got it from, but for whatever reason, it was the old Aladdin, which is where Planet Hollywood is now. So if you ever, it goes by so quick, but it's cl- very clearly you can see uh, the it's a uh, 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 the logo from the Aladdin. So okay. Um, also, in that first scene with Wallace Shawn, constantly, the cards are changing from shot to shot. You know, there's one where, you know, Clark has a 20 and the dealer has blackjack. But then, you know, the next shot, it's the same hand, but Clark has 18 and the dealer has 19. And it happens a lot. You think they'd be able to kind of deal with that, but the cards are constantly changing. Even when uh, Wallace Sean beats him with a blackjack, on one shot, it's like an ace and a face card. And the next shot, it's ace and a 10. So I don't know. That's always, you know, things that I'm always looking for is, is that consistent in the gambling? Um, there is one scene, I think it's the scene where, uh, Russ is, is betting that $5 on the, um, Oh, it might be a different one. There's one scene where it's the come out role, but you see some chips in the come Hmm. and you know, it's, it's a loser. Oh, it's when Clark is playing craps. Okay. And it's a 12 and he's kind of distracted by Eddie. That's it. He loses on a 12. And you see the dealers, there's a close up of them taking the pass line, but there are a bunch of bets in the come. So, another mm-hmm. little thing there. Okay. Um let me ask you this. Okay. When when Audrey goes out with her cousin and is kind of living it up, for some reason they're with some Beatles impersonators. Yeah. I don't know why. Any any idea why that might be the case? And any idea why there are only three of them? It looks like it's John, Paul, and George, but there's no Ringo. Any idea where that's coming from?
0: Um, I I don't know where that's coming from. I <laughs> my I guess while I'm watching it, I'm just assuming, oh, they're just showing how weird Vegas can be. <laughs> like that's kind of like what it was. I, I imagine if I was like a wild stab at what that was, I'm going to guess it. They were trying to show how weird Vegas can be where there's maybe impersonate, like people yeah. do weird people have weird side gigs in Vegas. And sometimes maybe that pours over into their personal life. I don't know. And I would, maybe there's a chance that like the fourth beetle got sick or something like whoever was supposed <laughs> to play Ringo couldn't make that day. And they were like, it doesn't matter enough for us to care. We're bowling with three Beatles. We're just, yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, uh, so, again, when, when Russ is playing and there's the high roller at the other end of the table that gets him set up with the massages and all that kind of thing, uh, that's, that's actually Jerry Weintraub, uh, one of the producers of the film. So just kind of a little thing there. He also does some acting, but um, some, some more stunt um, uh, casting there. That's Jerry Weintraub. And the final thing I'll say is, so uh, uh, um, Ellen and Clark get remarried. Uh, at the end of the movie, at the Chapel of the Bells. Yes. And in fact, in Honeymoon in Vegas, it's the same that's one. where they get married. So, you know, kind yeah. of a tie-in between the two movies, Chapel of the Bells. So there you go. Those are my good notes. Catch.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay. Here is what I would like to do for maybe the next episode, if we can get enough submissions in time. If not, maybe the following one. You and I, Mark, have received a number of tweets, more so definitely in the past month or two than before, uh, or emails. People have just say, hey, have you seen... People are recommending TV episodes, movies, stuff like that. Right. I want to start looking at some of these uh, scenes and mo- shows that people are submitting because uh, I want to encourage that sort of uh, uh, interaction. So tell me what you think... like, So when it comes to... If someone is recommending a um uh a tv show uh we'll start with tv show because movie is maybe a little bit easier but like what do we need to know we need to know uh obviously the name of the show probably season and episode right
1: yeah Uh, the name of the show uh episode title uh season and episode and um
0: of streaming where it streams yeah. and where
1: yeah that's the other thing too sometimes uh you can't get a hold of them so yeah that okay. would be the, the information we'd need sure
0: yeah uh, and then probably if it's uh, a whole episode or um or a specific scene that's that's good too that's the
1: other thing too right so uh, yeah. yeah a lot of yeah exactly is okay. the whole can we talk about the whole episode because it's really a gambling related plot. Or is it only one little tidbit? Yeah, like we've been getting from the office and Rick and Morty, that kind of.
0: thing. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you're watching here in the in the in the stream, I don't have a place to send you right now. But by the time this gets set up or sent out on on Thursday, I will have a uh, place on the website at thebetterlife.us that'll have a submission form where you can put in the things that we need. And if we get enough of them in the next like 10, 14 days, then I think we yeah, I think we can turn around the next uh, episode. Um, I'll have a couple more. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about um, uh, Empire Records, which this, uh, huh. which watching this reminded me of because uh, uh, the car- the actor who plays Russ also in Empire Records uh empire records has a great uh crap scene at the beginning of it so oh, okay good. um yeah so i'll be bringing that to the table mark i'm sure you can find uh, a a scene or two from a movie or, or tv show uh, I, I heard you, heard you want, watch yeah. this stuff
1: <laughs> anytime you uh want i've got uh yeah plenty of episodes and movies so just let me know
0: very good um oh bogan said his first uh first trip to vegas was to go to a wedding at the chapel of the bells look nice. at that that's All a good them. story yeah um yes empire records is uh is a great why don't you shove those up your ass because it would hurt a lot warren um <laughs> oh man i can't wait to watch that movie again uh mark um 90 minutes seems to be our sweet spot on these uh, yeah feel like, yeah um uh, well done the the plan will be to try to do uh audience submitted uh stuff next time If in a couple weeks, I don't feel like we have enough, I will tweet out or I'll I'll talk with Mark first and then I'll tweet out what we're, what we end up deciding where we're going to discuss. Perfect. Sound good? Yep. That's right. Dan, the man, save the empire. All right, Mark. Always a pleasure. Everybody. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks everybody. Always great to talk to Mark. Look forward to those episodes every month. Uh, as I mentioned with Mark, we want you to submit your ideas for tv shows or movies a lot of you have been tweeting at us and sending us messages and emails and stuff um so i want to curate that i want to invite more submissions if you go to the betterlife.us slash better viewing b-e-t-t-o-r viewing all one word no dashes the betterlife.us slash better viewing there's a google form there fill out the form uh, as best as you can Uh, with what you know, and we will do our best to include it in the next episode. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what people submit. Uh, In the past episode or two, I mentioned a multi-hour live stream on the evening of July 2nd. Well, that is starting to come together a bit. Um, So far, uh, joining me on the evening of July 2nd, I have uh, The Hammer, Mr. Rosenthal, uh, Mark Duvall, uh Vito is uh is good to go michael trager says that he he will likely join in uh and scott stratton will uh will pop in for a little bit uh so i'm still i'm still getting uh responses from people on invites to join me i'll have a a full sort of run of show hopefully by the next episode um and here's how this is going to work. Starting right now, and by right now I mean as at the at literally right now as I'm recording this, not even right now as it's being released or you're listening to it, right now as in when I'm recording it. Uh, for every new follower that I get on uh, the five platforms that I'm using and for every viewer on the evening of July 2nd, I will donate a dollar to charity. Uh, so the starting numbers for anybody who's curious: starting numbers are 2,417 on Twitter, 174 on Facebook, 235 on Instagram, 64 on Twitch, 104 on YouTube. So every tick above those numbers on all those platforms uh, from now to the end of the stream on uh, July 2nd will be a dollar to charity, and then every viewer on the evening of the 2nd will be another dollar to charity. Um, I will. Um, I'm I'm hoping to be able to, uh, depending on the success of this, I'm hoping to uh, sort of share the love uh, to a few charities. But uh, since July second will be my birthday, and I want to uh, I want to donate to an organization uh, that's important to me. Right now, one of the charities that'll be definitely be receiving uh, some of the cut is. Arlington Food Assistance Center, uh, which is local here to my area. They do a great job feeding those who, uh, are, or who are meal insecure and having a hard time um, feeding their family coming off the pandemic. Uh, I know there's still plenty of people uh, looking for stability. So that is where that will go. Um, appreciate everybody's support in this, and I hope to have a, a fun – it's, it's going to be at least two hours, assuming – um yeah this it, it should be at least two hours I'm hoping to get into a third I'll go into a fourth if I get enough uh people saying that they uh, want to come on so um it should be it should be a lot of fun I will be exhausted um I'm sure my my voice will be hoarse uh, by the end of it but I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna start at 530 Eastern on Friday July 2nd. Uh, and it should go for at least two hours, possibly three, maybe even four. We shall see. Next week, uh, if you didn't tune into the live stream uh, with me and Mississippi Rob, um, next week's episode will be uh, myself and Rob talking about our trip coming up to Vegas Vacation 10. Very excited about that. Yeah. Um, hopefully you tune into the live stream. If not, next week is when you'll get to hear that episode. And then the following week, we're in Vegas. And uh, I plan on doing plenty of of sharing of my time in Vegas while I'm there. So if there's any reason to hop on any of those social media platforms or any of those streaming platforms now, as a follower, not only are you uh, sending a dollar over to a charity, uh, but you are also uh, lining yourself up to see uh my (laughs) a bunch of uh mostly sober but probably sometimes drunk content uh coming from my few days in Vegas for Vegas vacation 10. hope everybody is doing well if you're betting on sports this week hope your bets are going well if you're at the casino stay safe and win some money on behalf of Mark Duvall I am Timothy Lawson good night and good luck